Is the ANC dead? And what will South Africa look like after the ANC dies? Welcome back to SMWX. Let's get into it. The Caesar and Bofu Welsh Experience Podcast. Spread the fire. Welcome back to SMWX fam. Good to have you aboard. I know it's been a little minute. Um, a lot has been happening in my life. I did my first teaching gig at Fitz University where I was teaching first years um, and also had a baby. So that's been keeping me away from the screens, but we're back. And guess what? I have a fantastic new partnership to announce between SMWX and one of South Africa's most venerable newspaper publications, The Mail and Guardian. And we're going to be bringing you content on a monthly basis. So look out for my columns and also these videos, which will go along with the columns and a series of new interviews, which will be in partnership with The Mail and Guardian. So in today's episode, I want to deal with a question that I think pervades the current political moment in South Africa, and that is, what comes after the ANC? So the ANC, as a dominant political force in South Africa that conquers all before it, is coming to an end. At least that's what the signs seem to be telling us. We can look at this over the long term, where from about 2004, which I think is the high watermark of ANC electoral support, to the present, the ANC has seen a decline in its electoral support, to the point where in the last local government elections, it lost major cities falling to its lowest levels. So we know that the ANC's grip on power is already weaker than it's ever been. But the key question remains, will the ANC lose national power and what happens when the ANC is no longer the dominant force that it has been for the first around three decades of South African democracy? And I think this is a really important question for us to consider because when the ANC does fall, let's say it's in 2024, because that's a real possibility now, at least falling below its national majority. As a country, we don't want to be caught flat-footed without a competing vision to replace the failure of ANC governance. And so let me say first that I believe we need, in order to understand why I think it's important to think after the ANC, to think about how deep the crisis that South Africa actually is in is. So I want to first talk about that crisis. I think we are still describing the crisis that South Africa is in, in moderate terms. And I think we need to describe this crisis more accurately. This is not just a temporary failure or a few governmental mistakes or a little bit of corruption. What we have now under ANC governmental rule is a catastrophe. I would go so far as to say the amount of devastation, the amount of poverty, the amount of unemployment, the continuation of racial injustice, the gross lack of basic services, the gross lack of basic necessities like food and water 
and electricity, the deep plunder of our state, and the various social crises from a war against women to land hunger and poverty and land injustice to a wide range of other social scourges like public safe, the lack of public safety and, and mass crime. I would go so far as to say that we need to start talking about this as something that verges on a crime against humanity, or at least some kind of massive humanitarian disaster. The millions of South Africans who are consigned to hopelessness, who are consigned to a deplorable condition, and to whom it seems the ANC government is no longer, not even able to deliver, but really compassionate. And so this is the scale of the crisis that I think confronts South Africa. I think we're talking about a humanitarian disaster when it comes to those of our compatriots who are still confronted by poverty, who still live as Lalino, who still live uh, in informal settlements, townships around our country in, in, in some of the worst possible con conditions that this world has to offer. And so this is the crisis that we have to confront as a country. And it's tempting to believe that when the ANC falls, just by virtue of the ANC falling, that it will somehow be a moment of hope for South Africa. But what if what replaces the ANC is just as troubling or is incapable of solving um, the problems that the ANC and the crises that the ANC has, has delivered? And this is a serious question because what I think is important and what I say in my column, um, linked down below, is we really need to start thinking what would happen when the ANC leaves its position of dominance. So just, just think with me here. Imagine tomorrow the ANC leaves power. It's no longer a national government. Parliament sits, it convenes, it elects a president from a different party, and the ANC is officially the national opposition. It loses a number of provinces, so it also doesn't govern there, and we already know it doesn't have control over major metros as well. What then? Now, some people would celebrate. Some people would feel that finally justice was served and that uh, a party that has been failing for a long time now has finally been held accountable. And that's all well and good. But what vision replaces the vacuum that will be left by the ANC? One of the dangers for me in this political moment is that what replaces the ANC will not be preferable, but will actually take us backwards. Can you imagine how tragic and farcical that would be? So for example, what we could see is a shift to the right of the political spectrum. What do I mean by that? We could see a reversal in calls for racial justice, a watering down of legislation like uh, black economic empowerment legislation, which although poorly implemented often is still fundamentally geared to, towards the, the process of racial justice. We could see a watering down of calls for land justice. We could see a greater power given to the spokespersons of a bizarre ideology of free speech, where 
displaying the apartheid flag is protected, but the singing of the song Tubulipunu is, is lamented. We could see an emboldening of those forces because they may have roots to national power. The Afri Forums and the Institute of Race Relations of this world could be further emboldened if, for example, the DA uh, takes national power and they would espouse their bizarre ideologies and they would not just be a laughing stock, but they would actually be quite serious uh, non-governmental power brokers. We have seen the rise recently of great anti-African migrant sentiment. And here I think we need to be very careful how we describe this, because it's not simply a question of xenophobia. Xenophobia is a discrimination directed towards people of a different country. But many rich white visitors to South Africa have a wonderful time. They aren't the subjects of uh, violence and intimidation. Similarly, uh, many wealthy black African migrants to South Africa avoid the uh, terrible consequences of what we've seen in terms of intimidation and violence. So what we really have is intimidation and violence directed towards poor black African migrants. Now, maybe I'll do a, a whole new video, and if you want to talk about this issue in more depth, let me know in the comments down below. But what I'm saying is that that swell of anti-African migrant sentiment can go in very dangerous directions. And when the ANC leaves power, I think it's important that we don't develop a populist move towards this anti-immigration stance, which goes in these dangerous directions. In terms of the economy, we could see a further move towards market fundamentalism, towards blind privatization, towards an economy where those who already currently occupy positions of power are further emboldened, further rewarded, and calls for economic justice, economic redistribution, economic fairness fall increasingly on deaf ears. So what I'm saying is, if we don't have a clear vision as a society, as those of us who speak in the media, as various political formations, all of them um, in the country, if we don't have a clear vision for what comes after the ANC, then that which comes after the ANC may disappoint us rather than re-energize us. And so let's come to some reasons for hope. What could the end of the era of ANC dominance mean for South Africa's political landscape? Well, it could mean a rare opportunity to rethink the very foundations of what comprises the project that we know as South Africa today. It could mean an opportunity to relook at the economy and to change policy in the direction of greater economic justice and, yes, prosperity, and to tread that balance between justice and prosperity, which has been so elusive for the ANC. But to really do new things, is it a basic income grant? Is it getting serious about land reform? Is it using state assets and pooling them to, to generate more revenue in order to do more interesting social spending. So it opens an opportunity for us if we think after the ANC 
and we move beyond the, the petty factional squabbles within the ANC and we lift our sights to what could happen in South Africa, there's an opportunity for a new kind of economy, to bring in new kind of economic thinking from all around the world and actually set our economy on a different trajectory. Now that's hard work and conceiving of that may take even many generations, but that's, the, that's what's at stake. That's what's exciting about this moment. What's also exciting about this moment is thinking about changes to the political system. Is it possible to re-energize these calls for electoral reform, to change the way that we elect our leaders, to make our political system more responsive and dynamic based on the lessons that we have already learned from some of the problems of our political and electoral system from 1994. Are there constitutional innovative changes that can be made that would set our country in, on a new trajectory? I was listening to an interview with Justice L.B. Sachs the other day, former Justice of the Constitutional Court, and he said something quite arresting that, that stuck with me. He was asked what he would change about the South African Constitution, and he said he thinks, for the most part, it's, it's right. But what he wishes they did was to create a constitutionally protected anti-corruption institution which derived its powers not just from national legislation, but actually from the Constitution itself. Why can't we do that? Why can't we build that? I don't hear any of the political parties suggesting something like that, but isn't that a fantastic and interesting way that we could amend our Constitution in the direction of justice and accountability? Let's create an anti-corruption institution which is constitutionally guaranteed, constitutionally insulated from political pressure, and let's, let's appoint some of the most respected, revered figures. To, why not Justice Sachs himself to be the first leader of such an organization or, or some renowned former senior judge uh, who has the respect of the country to actually lead this constitutionally insulated anti-corruption unit? Wouldn't that go beyond the kind of institutions that we already have? This is the kind of creative political reimagination that I think this political moment and this opportunity of the ANC's decline actually presents us. So I'm interested to hear from you and I hope that you'll read uh, the column that's associated with this video in what kind of creative new changes you think should come after the ANC falls. And I think this kind of thinking gets us out of this malaise that we're in where we can only think about hmm, which ANC faction do we like or if we don't like the ANC, which alternative opposition party do we like? Well, let's step away from all of that for a second and just say, what changes do we think this moment of opportunity calls for? And if you had a blank slate, if you could reimagine South Africa from the ground up, whether that's changes to its constitution, to its economy, to the political system, to social policy, what would you like to see in a new era for South Africa after this era? of ANC dominance? And that's the question that I pose. I don't necessarily have all the answers to those questions. In some of my other writings, I've tried to address the answers to those questions. But what I'm calling for and what I think is important right now in our public debate is just to start conceiving of this and starting a debate about this. And rather than just talking about ANC factional battles or even what we don't like about the opposition is to say, okay, fine, but what do we envisage would be the ideal scenario for South Africa after the ANC.
And I think that's a more fruitful debate than this position of frustration in which we find ourselves where all we can do is be apathetic towards our political future. We have that political future in our hands. And the ANC might have broken South Africa, but we can't allow it to break our ability to think about what happens after the ANC. The ANC may have broken South Africa, but it can't break our belief that something can fix South Africa after the ANC. Because if we lose that hope and the nation loses that amount of morale, then we really are consigned to a very worrying period of decline. So, hope you enjoy this, hope you read the column, hope you comment down below. Looking forward to this new collaboration with the Mail and Guardian, looking forward to more videos for SMWX. And I'm gonna follow up this video with a conversation with one of your favorite guests, Lukona Mguni, where we'll be talking about what South Africa looks like after the ANC. So stay tuned for that video, which will follow this video about a week later, and I hope you engage with that too. Spread the fire. Welcome back to SMWX. We're back, badder than ever before. Aye, aye. The Caesar and Welsh Experience Podcast. Aye, aye, aye.